0: This is episode number 75 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I am Sal DiVincenzo, joined by my fabulous colleague, Sarah Fate. Hi. And Nicole Rambo. Hello. And we're here to both educate and entertain you on all the wonderful things that we have to offer here at Middle Country Public Library. We have a very special episode mm-hmm. this week because we are uh, interviewing Jungle Bob, mm-hmm. who's coming down tonight uh, to do his, uh, his fantastic program. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just we got him on the phone yeah. mm-hmm. and we chatted with him. And, uh, and here's our interview with Jungle Bob.
1: So um, we are on the phone with uh, Jungle Bob, who has uh, two stores. You have two stores, right?
2: Yes, two stores. Now we expanded from our Selden location to another store in Oakdale last year.
1: Great. So Jung- Jungle Bob's two stores um, in Suffolk County and he is a local to our area and he has done some shows at the library in the past. And he is going to be here at the library tonight with his um, Jungle Bob live show at uh, 5 p.m. in the children's area. So we thought we would interview him and and see maybe how uh, Jungle Bob got your start in this profession and uh, maybe ask you a few questions, if you don't mind. Could you just give us a little background about how you got started?
2: Yeah, well, going way to the beginning, you know, I was a a city kid born in Manhattan who uh, was moved out to Babylon, Long Island, abruptly by my parents who decided they wanted to move to the suburbs. And um, in an often told story, I encountered my first reptile like the second day I lived there. I didn't know what the heck I was looking at because I had never even seen grass, let alone something slithering through it. (laughs) So um, my inclination was to go pick it up and investigate it and see what it was. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: lo and behold, there's this little garter snake, which is a harmless common snake here in Long Island. But my Brooklyn-born mom and my Irish cop dad didn't think it was anything but a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I caused quite the stir. The neighborhood kids who were also predisposed to being afraid naturally of snakes. Uh, everybody was screaming and yelling, but I was like, this is a pretty cool thing. And then certainly the reaction I got to everybody, from everybody, um, spurred my interest. So many, many years later, I'm uh, still running around the world looking for snakes Started Jungle Bob's Reptile World, as you know, about mm-hmm. 15 years ago, and uh, still going strong. That's how we started, though, finding a snake on the front lawn like many others.
1: Wow, that's that's great. Did you do anything before this, you know, interest? Well, or? yeah, I had, a, I,
2: had a, I had a nice career in business. I owned a computer service company for many years. we quite successful in Hop Hog, mm. and the time came to move from that. I always done this on the side, though, uh, when my kids came along, which is close to 30 years ago. Um, I always had animals in my possession and, at, at the house, i had, I had pet lizards and turtles and snakes. We had dogs and cats too, but we, we leaned towards that way. That's what we were known for. So I was always the hit of all the uh, show and tells in kindergarten and first grade. Oh, I bet. And,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and little by little, that spurred people to say, do you have a card? Can you do a Girl Scout troop? Can you come to the local library? And I did a lot of presentations uh, early on, long before Jungle Bob came to mind and long before we had the opportunity to buy the reptile store that was there in Center Reach for many, many years. I always had financial problems, it seemed, but uh, we rescued it by buying it and turned it into Jungle Bob's Reptile World.
0: That's great. So what, uh, what can someone expect if they go into, into Jungle Bob's? What, what can they expect to see or to experience?
2: Yeah, well, now that we moved to Selden, we have places to park now, Sal, so it's a lot more fun the other <laughs> place didn't have a great parking lot. Uh, we did have a nice backyard, but uh, that all went away. We're in Selden in a strip mall there, but it's great, 2,000 square feet. Uh, one of the few pet stores left standing on Long Island that has pets in it, as you see the, the big trend towards the big box stores for sure, mm. is pallets of food and mm. you know bulk items and maybe an aisle with some fish and a parakeet or two. But we've got reptiles. In the form of snakes, lizards, turtles and tortoises, amphibians, which encompasses frogs, toads, axolotls, salamanders, and newts. And then we really go out on the edge and do uh, invertebrate animals, where it's scorpions, tarantulas, millipedes, centipedes. That's really for a small group of select people, but very popular, believe it or not. And all these animals are on display. They're in naturalistic cages. So you can see the animal somewhat in a microcosm of his natural environment. There's desert animals. There's uh, woodland animals. There's a lot of tropical um, rainforest animals. And they're in their proper cages with the proper live plants, running water, depending on which type of species it is and where it comes from. So it's almost like going to the reptile house at the Bronx Zoo, mm-hmm. only there's no charge to get in.
0: That's nice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the, We really are a destination store. On the weekends, we're pulling people all the way from Connecticut, New Jersey, and certainly the uh, the five boroughs all make the trek out to Selden to come and check out what Jungle Bob has. There's just not many stores left is the problem. Mm. No place even to get the supplies that we sell and the food that's required to take care of reptiles. That's what we we make a market in. So it's under the radar of all the Petco, PetSmart. Mm-hmm. They do very little of that type of work, and uh, that's all we do. So I've accumulated for myself, my two stu- my two sons, and nine other employees now. We have a staff of uh, experts that been doing this for many, many decades.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so what would you say is an easy starter pet for like a child or a family who's also interested in these kind of pets? Like wh- where would you start?
2: Yeah, good question, and I'm glad you asked because that is the problem in the industry over the years. We all learn the hard way. You know, some of those big box stores, I don't want to malign them because they're all good people, but uh, they don't understand the husbandry needs of certain animals. Mm -hmm. Um, We try to match people to the family. You know, if I see a a young couple come in with toddlers, three, four year olds, they want a baby turtle you're not getting it from me. First of all, baby turtles are illegal in this country. Mm. You're not supposed Mm -hmm. to sell small turtles. Even though you can get them in certain places, Mm. you can't get them in my store. But they swim in the water, and water sometimes has contagions in them. If you're filtering the water, that's good. Mm. But if a turtle uses the water he swims in to Mm -hmm. do his business, it's not the most hygienic place to be, particularly if you're a three-year-old with his hands in the water. Mm -hmm. So um, we steer people away from that and move more towards like a bearded dragon lizard. it's a, it's a, For anybody who ever had one, they know how calm, naturally docile they are, very animated. They know who you are. They react mm-hmm. to food. They like to eat. They don't get gigantic. They stay 12 to 15 inches. So a smaller size enclosure is good for their whole lives. They're desert animals. It stays warm inside there. So there is some cost in the form of keeping it warm, electrified, if you will, with heat bulbs. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. also good to keep... The odors down somewhat. The, the maintenance because it all dries up, if you will, in the sand that they live on. That is absolutely the number one pet in the marketplace: the bearded dragon lizard. Mm-hmm. But there are many other animals that are simpler. They just have a bad connotation. I'll start with snakes. Right. People don't like snakes. <laughs> People are sure. leery of snakes, as mm-hmm. I learned when I was a small child. But wow, what a what a great small. You live in a small apartment. If you got a, uh, a business that will allow you to do so, have you going on your desk? You'd be the king. <laughs> because who, who, could, who could have a baby corn snake on their desk? You can at my store, in my, my office, that's for sure. It's the easiest thing to take, take care of. It literally eats once a week, it defecates once a week, it needs water at all times, and then lights on in the morning, lights off in the evening on a timer. The animal's happiest can be in a small enclosure its whole life. It doesn't outgrow it. You know, but take it for a walk when there's a blizzard you and you go on you go on vacation. You can leave it with me for the week in a very small amount of money. We we board animals oh, nice. at Jungle uh. Bob's Reptile World. Oh, that's great! Big, yeah, part, of, know. big part of our business these yeah. days. Just last weekend, we had over forty people boarding their animals with us. Wow! Uh, during the July Fourth holiday.
1: Do you board just? I'm assuming like just to, like reptile animals.
2: Yes, right? we don't like, bring right. in. Yeah, we don't bring in uh, you know bunny rabbits and right. things like that for some obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That, that would be frowned upon yeah, yeah. if, you, if you ate, somebody ate your pet. You know? yeah. So, back to, the, back to the why do people come to Jungle Bobs? We also have a lot of animals that you'll be seeing tonight at the show.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: call them my posse. These are the animals that I travel with when I do presentations. They are not for sale, although I've been mm-hmm. offered a lot of money for many of them. But they are on display. They're out in the open so people can interface with Castro, the Cuban iguana. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see some of the mm-hmm. large snakes behind glass. We have the giant bullfrogs that are at your disposal, an alligator, an alligator snapping turtle. These are all just displays, and that's what we find people do on the weekends. They're kicking tires, but we don't care because they're spreading the word of what they saw, um, and it's a lot of fun to see particularly small children react with their grandparents mm-hmm. who had the all, all the bad information, the poor people that are older than me, the bad information was in our generation, where now the internet and some of the Steve Irwin and Jeff Corwin mm-hmm. television shows, they're really painting the proper pictures about reptiles, about mm-hmm. how, what they really like. And that's pretty much been our mission statement from day one, is to put them in the proper light. It's not a hobby for everybody, that's for sure. But it is, there are a growing number of people that want to keep a reptile as a pet.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, personally, what would you say is your favorite reptile and why?
2: Oh, I've had so many that I lean towards the more exotic, and I lean towards the larger ones just because I've done it all already.
1: So
3: mm-hmm.
2: but the absolute best pet I've ever had is still my best friend, Castro, the Cuban iguana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's in our store. He's resident. He walks the floor almost every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he just turned 21 on the 4th of wow. July. We know his birthday because he was born up in Greenwich, Connecticut. He's a blue blood. <laughs> he does not he doesn't come from Cuba like his ancestors did. There's still a good population of them on the island of Cuba, but he's a land iguana or a rock iguana. He's not mm-hmm. those green ones that you see at the other stores. They're arboreal in nature. You see them in all some of the islands, but mostly Central America, Costa Rica, and Nicaragua. There are green iguanas in every tree, you know, and they're very happy up in a tree
3: mm-hmm. looking
2: down at you. So if you have them as a pet, I suggest putting them up in a tree <laughs> because that's when they're that's when they're happy. Which sometimes is frowned upon if people don't have a tree in their house. They have to build something that the iguana uh-huh. can climb up and look down yeah. on their owner. If <laughs> they're looking up, they get nervous. They think they're oh. going to be preyed upon. They snap their tails. They claw. They can sometimes huh. bite. Where rock iguanas, uh, land iguanas mm-hmm. are naturally on the ground, and they have no problem looking up at you. And they're they're calm around people. Mm-hmm. Castro has never even opened his mouth. in his well, I got him when he was eight years old, so I've never seen him open his mouth to anybody in those thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Kids roll on the floor and play with them, and
3: mm-hmm. I put him mm-hmm. on a
2: table at certain presentations. Like Sal last year I was just. This year, I couldn't make it because I was booked, but the Strictly Business show that exactly. you guys put on, which is so yeah. good. We had Castro on the table I sitting know. there like a rock. Exactly. You know? thought, <laughs> just chill. Yeah.
0: What, happened,
2: yeah, what happened to the lizard? Why'd you stuff him? And then he turns his head and blinks, and people yeah. can't believe his, <laughs> oh, wow. his, exactly. his nature. But, you know, of all those animals I've got,
3: mm. uh, and
2: he's my favorite for sure to answer that question, Sarah, mm-hmm. but we don't train any of them. There's no such thing as training these things. That's mm-hmm. naturally the way the animal is. Through repetition, he knows when he sees me, if I'm holding something colorful in my fingers, that it's probably food. And he now knows enough to run over to get it. Um, I mm-hmm. add a little, like a dog, you know, to see if he'll come. <laughs> but he's really looking at, the, he's looking at the color. He's looking at me, dangle my finger for the 500th time, and he's smart enough to know by repetition that that's something good. Right. But they really aren't trained.
3: Right.
2: If you had one, he'd be just like that for you as well.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh. Very cool.
2: It just takes some time.
1: Now, I have a, a question just out of sheer curiosity because I know um, Suffolk County, isn't there a day where people can sort of relinquish any exotic animals that they might have illegally?
2: Yeah, the uh, it's called Amnesty Day okay. where there are many animals and some of them rightfully so that the New York State and certain counties and different pockets of government here and there has said, you know, Like, let's use a rattlesnake or a venomous snake. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't own one. And they made it illegal. And I'm for that. And sometimes people make really bad decisions when they're out in nature. And other times, they make really bad decisions when they're purchasing out of state.
0: And they'll bring
2: things in that are illegal. And after a while, it's good that they gave amnesty. Because prior to the amnesty, we can just give it up, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, people let them go. Yeah. So they were letting go all these like, alligators
3: yeah. a couple yeah.
2: of years back. Were, uh, it was a news oh, day and news 12 every day. There was an alligator every week one summer being uh, being let loose. That's now, crazy. My fault was ringing up the hook. Is that, is that your alligator? <laughs> up on the no, we're not letting them loose on the expressway. What do you think? Well,
1: but, I was just curious. You know, the, do they contact you for assistance if they get um, any exotic reptiles? Um, they don't.
2: And you'd have to ask them why not. Because uh, we certainly are the go to people yeah. here, as far as taking care of that, but they deal with a a good guy who's outside of New York State who comes and picks them up what he does with them. I won't say on the radio okay. I don't know where they go
3: <laughs> I don't <laughs> know where they are oh, okay. um, but they
2: don't they don't do anything with us, but you know we are supportive of those kinds of laws because sure. we don't want the industry and the pet this segment of the pet world to get a black eye all the time. Right. sometimes the laws go a little too far i think and, and don't want you to have certain animals. The mm-hmm. like the turtle law, for example, is uh, anything under four inches is illegal oh. because, the fifty years ago, some porch baby put the baby turtle in his mouth
3: and oh contracted
2: goodness. a disease, and the baby died. Oh, wow. so the federal government said no more baby turtle sales. Right. Yeah. So we have to wait for the turtle to grow to four inches, which takes over a year, and then he can be sold.
3: Huh. And oh. if
2: you ingested any part of whatever was on was in that boy's mouth that day um you know if you lick the six inch turtle it's still going to get the same disease if it's on your hands you're going to get the same disease it's not the size of the turtle it's the quality of the water so Mm. um things like that we are on the other side of the law but you know extremely large snakes Mm -hmm. anything that's venomous anything that could really do harm to people i'm all for uh the amnesty days
3: right Mm -hmm. Yeah. We
2: rescue things all day long, though, that are not going to the amnesty world. Just, you know, people that don't want their animals anymore is a constant source of... uh the goodness of our heart, we take things right. in and we try to just donate them out to people right. just to find a home. We have our caring souls that shop with us all the time. We have many people that'll take the turtles
3: that mm-hmm.
2: they probably got in Chinatown when they were one inch big and right. they threw them in a in a tank and then in a pond in their yard. And then they just 30 years later, they were tired of taking care of this thing. They oh, bring okay. them to us yeah. and we place them. We place them where they can be, uh, carry out the rest of their lives in, in happiness. But, um, there isn't as much of that as it used to be. Right. That's good. People are keeping their animals longer, but unfortunately for reptiles, it's not like your dog. Not many people give up their dog when they get tired of it, um, but they do, they do with their reptiles. They just move on to the next. And we have rescued thousands of animals over the years.
0: Wow. No That's question. fantastic. Yeah, thousands. So if someone is listening and wants to reach out to you, um, what's your, how should they contact you and what's your, uh, your address there?
2: Oh, the best way to, to do it, because the phones are always so clogged here, the retail store was serving customers all day, is just to email us. And that would be info at junglebobsreptileworld.com. Um, free to just send questions in generally. I have, again, my two sons, Tyler and Dylan, uh, man the uh, emails there. But if there's a specific question to me, I specifically will answer it. So you can be happy to say, hey, Jungle Bob, and just say send a question off to me. They'd be happy to uh, answer that. If they don't have the time to do that, they could just check out YouTube. We have over 100 videos on YouTube on all mm-hmm. kinds of different husbandry topics. Some of them are quite amusing because they were all one-take live videos. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I look back at them with my head in my hand sometimes going, Oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Frogs landing on my face. I meant to say this word. I said the other. Um, I get maligned. He said vertical, not horizontal. It's like I shot somebody. But I did make some mistakes because it was a one-take video service that we did for free for somebody. And Okay. Um, that's, not, that's not the story. So uh, go check it out online. Just Google Jungle Bob and you'll see it. Yeah, we'll that's put cool. those
0: in Great. our show notes mm-hmm. so folks can link right to it. Thank you so much uh, for, for spending the time with us, uh, and we're really looking forward to seeing you tonight at uh, the Center Reach building.
2: Mm-hmm. Great. It's been a while since I've been there, so I'm taking all the big guns with me, if you will. Fantastic. So be, be ready, Sal. I need a, I need a prop. And yeah, right. Too, okay?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jungle Bob, for uh, chatting with us here on the podcast. Okay. Thanks so much. We'll see you later. Yeah, we'll see you soon, Bye-bye. Bob. Thanks Bye. so much. Bye-bye. Okay, so mm. that was our interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks again to Jungle Bob for uh, for chatting with us. We're gonna put everything in the show mm-hmm. notes of all the stuff that he spoke about. And that is tonight. And what time again is that, uh, Sarah, tonight?
1: It starts at 5.
0: 5 o'clock yep. here in the center, of each, center building. each building. Yep. Great. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to our older episodes or read our show notes, visit our website, mcplibrary.org forward slash podcasts, <laughs> or visit our Podbean site, mcplpodcast.com. So for Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sal DiVincenzo. See you on the next show.